Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rep. Stan, let's play a little game called Over Under for the Raiders for this upcoming <laughs> season. We're going to take a look at stats from players as well as the team itself. And Sam, we got to start with the all important quarterback position, and that is Derek Carr. You can make the case this is the most talented set of skill position players he's had since he was drafted. In 2014. Now, last year, standing through for just over 4,800 yards, which was a career high. I'm going to set it at 5,000 yards this year, Stan, over under. Ooh, 5,000. You know, (sighs) 5,000 yards. And what's the high, what's the, what's the highest uh, yardage total Derek Carr has had in his career? 48.02, 48.02, which was last year. 17 games. Yeah. That's what I that's what I was uh that's what I was thinking. <sighs> I I'd say the under. I would take the under. You know, when I said it at 5,000, I'm like, okay, that's almost 300 yards a game. I was like, yeah. That's I don't feel like Josh McDaniels. I feel like he wants to run the ball. I'm going with you. I think and, it's gonna be under. Uh I I I do. Yeah. I don't if it's you know 4,800, I think he's gonna be pretty close to that. Um but we'll see. All right. How about the touchdown passes? I'm going to set it at 30. He's thrown for mm. over 30 just one time. And that was back in 2016. And that was the, that, and that was the NFL MVP vote. Year, yes. Back in 2016. Yes. Uh, when they went, played, went to the playoffs, beat the Texans. Lost and then the Texans. Uh, lost. I'm sorry. Lost to the Texans. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Because Derek Carr got hurt yes. against the Indianapolis Colts, which was Christmas weekend. I remember that. Yes, I remember that vividly. Oh, uh, and you said the oh, you talking about touchdown t- uh, total of thirty? Yep. What's the is that the over? You talking about the over under for that? Yes. Oh, let's see. Thirty touchdowns. Ah, oh. ah, oh, man. <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I, I want to say under. Do you really? I want to say under, and not because Derek Carr is a slouch, not because he's no. a scrub or anything like that. It's just that I don't know why, but kind of like what you were saying, you know, you think that uh, Josh McDaniels is going to want to run the ball. I just see, I see Derek Carr having a good year, no doubt about that. But I see 27, 28, 29 touchdowns, not exactly 30. Um, but like I said, I, I would love to be proven wrong. But I'm just simply saying uh, right now, I would go with the under on that. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't, I, I, I don't, but I, I just feel like that would be the under. But like I said, I would definitely love to be wrong. Stan, I'm going to go over. I'm going to look at this with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Let's just say he throws two TD passes a game times 17. That's 34. I'm going to say he's going to set a career high with 34 touchdown passes this year in 2022. Mm, I like it. 
All right, now to the negative. He threw a career-high 14 picks last season. All right, I'm going to go conservative on this, Dan. Over, under, 10 picks this year. Oh, uh, I, I think he's going to be a little go. more daring with Don- Devontae Adams now. I, I, I oh, do. yeah, definitely. De- no doubt about that. And, you know, whenever you become more daring, you know, sometimes bad things happen. That's why I would go with the over as far as uh, whether it's 10 picks. Now, if we're talking about the over under 14 picks, I would go with the under. But as far as 10, I would go with the over. I think Derek Carr is probably going to be somewhere in that 12, 13 range, maybe 14, something like that. As far as throwing under 10, when you're throwing under 10 picks in a season, and you're throwing the ball, pushing it more down the field, things like that. That, to me, is that's when you're getting into that Aaron Rodgers range. That's when you're getting into that Tom Brady range as far as those are the only two guys that I can think of in recent history or just in history in general that have been bona fide, certified gunslingers, but also don't turn the ball over. So any other quarterback who pushes the ball down the field also has the ability to have his spurts where he's turnover prone or interception happy. And I mean, even guys like Drew Brees or Peyton Manning, people like that, that are some of the all-time greats. So when we're talking about 10 INTs for Derek Carr on the season, I would go with the over just because if he's up there pushing the ball down the field, things like that, and throwing under 10 interceptions, man, like that is phenomenal football played by the quarterback. And I'm with you. I don't think it's as many as 14. I'm going to go under as well, but I'm also going to go over uh, the 10. So I think somewhere in between, like you said, about 12 or 13. I think hopefully that's all it is for the Raiders. All right, Stan. Derek Carr was sacked 40 times a year ago, and I'm being nice. I'm being generous. I'm trying to give this offensive line the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go over under 35 sacks allowed. Ooh, over under 35 sacks allowed. Uh, You know, because even though this, obviously this offensive line is patchwork, we all know that it still has a lot of improvement to do because of where Josh McDaniels came from, because Josh McDaniels learns from Bill Belichick, or should I say learned from Bill Belichick as far as being able to one, two, ball out, quick game, three-step, using the backs out of the backfield, things like that. I think he is going to construct this offense for Derek Carr to get the ball out of his hands quicker. So I would go with the under as far as 35 sacks given up this year. All right. I remember when you and I talked about that because you told me, you know, like, look at Tom Brady. What did he used to do when he had, you know, the offensive line was a little suspect. You're right. He got the ball out quickly. And that kind of changed my mind. So I was thinking, okay, the offensive line, has it gotten better? I don't think so. But taking into account what you have said, I'm going to go over, but I'm not going to go over 40. I'm going to somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 40. And let's, let's, you know, hope this offensive line, I know, like you said, it's got a lot of work to do. Let's yep. hope it can gel and is able to protect Derek Carr with all those weapons. All right. Before we continue, got to make our sponsor happy. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use promo code BLEAVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Bet online or the game starts. All right, Stan, let's talk about the skill position now. And let's begin with Devontae Adams had back-to-back seasons of more than 100 receptions, including last year with 123. So, Stan, I'm going to put it at 100 as the over-under this year. Um, Okay. Over-under of 100. Yep. I would go with the over. I think that uh, I think they're going to get him the ball early and often, and I see Devontae Adams having over 100 receptions this year. Yes, give me a number. Oh, man, uh, definitely not 123. I don't see that. I would go with let's say 108. Okay, so in 2020 he had 115 receptions, and he also had 111 in 2018. It's like. I was kind of waffling on this one. I'm going to go over, Stan, but I'm like you. I think it's just going to be barely over, maybe 101, 102, because I think the Raiders have so many weapons now that Derek Carr can spread the wealth around, and these guys might not put up the kind of numbers that they had before. Now, Hunter Renfro also coming off a 100-plus catch year. He became just a third Raider player to have 100-plus catches in a season. Mm -hmm. And let's go with 90 on the over-under for Hunter Renfro. Ooh, uh, over under of 90. 103 last year. And let's face it, he was the number one target for Derek Carr year. Yes. Now, now, oh, yeah. Now, he, number two, would you say number two this year? Or Waller number uh, two? I mean, two he's way to B. Or, I mean, where are we? I would probably team? go with two A, two B because, okay. you know, uh, obviously you got Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league, Hunter Renfro, one of the best slot uh, receivers in the league. Uh, as far as the over under 90, I would say I think it's going to be under, not because Hunter Renfro was lost a step or anything like that, but there's just more mouths to feed. Or should I say there's a big mouth to feed <laughs> within a Devontae Adams because Derek Carr is going to want to get him the ball. And because of that, that's where you're going to see the targets uh, go ahead and lessen a little bit for Hunter Renfro. And then obviously with Darren Waller still being there as well. So I think that you're just going to have more top-notch mouths to feed, whereas last year, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Now you got Devonta Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. So I think that just because you're adding another big piece, you're going to see a little bit of a lessened uh, production for a Hunter Renfro, not because he's lost his step or anything like that, but just simply because uh, Derek Carr is going to want to spread the wealth. Yeah, I agree with you, Stan. I think it's going to be less than 90, but I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 90. He's still going to have a good year, just not going to top 100 receptions like he did a year ago. All right, Darren Waller coming off an injury plague season, which limited him to just 55 receptions. Now, the previous year, he set a franchise record with 107 receptions. So, Stan, I kind of split the difference on this one. And I went 80 for Darren Waller. Hmm. I think that uh that's uh I think that's a pretty safe bet as far as 80, because I think that you're probably gonna more than likely see him be, you know, like you said, the either the two A, two B, whichever way you want to go ahead and uh try to go ahead and uh flip the uh the order within the pecking order as far as getting the ball, as far as uh the backs and receivers, things like that. As far as the actual over under of 80, ah, there's a part of me, I, I want to say under, just because when you really look at how Devontae Adams, we're assuming he's going to get over 100 receptions. We're assuming that Hunter Renfro is going to be in that 80 to 90 range, but he's not going to be over the 90 as you just projected. That's why I think Darren Waller, you're going to see a little bit 
of some of the slippage within his production, not because he's lost a step, but just because there's more mouths to feed. And with last year being an injury plagued season for Dan Waller, I would I would not be surprised if he missed a game or two this year. I don't think he's going to be missing as much time as he did last year, but I would assume I would not be surprised if he was to miss, like I said, a game or two this year just because of him being that big bruising tight end, somebody you can split out wide, somebody who can make plays on even corners and safeties for crying out loud. And because of that, that's why you're going to see possibly him getting nicked, getting dinged, things like that. Not missing extensive time, sure. but a game here and a game there. Uh, before I give my answer, when he's healthy, is he still top two, three tight ends in the game? Him, Kelsey, uh, can you Craig name, Kittles? Can, can you name three better? No, I, but I just went healthy. I just, you know, <laughs> I'm on yeah, the same I page mean, with you. Yeah, when he's healthy, uh, the only ones that the only ones that are better or rival his ability are the Kittles of the world, the Kelseys, people like that. So uh, whenever he's healthy, I cannot see how somebody would. And let's go ahead and add in the other uh, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. We go ahead and add him into Njoku for the Cleveland Browns. Right. He's no slouch. But as far as uh, whenever he's healthy, I can't see any reason why he is not. Even if you don't like him, I can't see any reason why Darren Waller is not in your top four tight ends when he's healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Uh, I think he's also playing for a contract extension stand. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go over, I'm going to go somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 90, much like uh, Hunter Renfro as well. All right, let's switch over to your side of the ball. Now the defense, and let's start with Max Crosby coming off a pro bowl season, which included eight sacks Stan, I'm putting the number at 10 sacks for Crosby over under. Oh man. Uh, going, taking it back to his rookie year when he had uh 10 sacks. Oh man. I think that, uh, because you're going to see more high scoring affairs with the Las Vegas Raiders, because it's going to be, in my opinion, some shootouts, because that secondary, I, in my opinion, they did not address it the way they did. And now you have a Chandler Jones added into the fold. Ah. If you would have asked, if you would have said that over under being eight sacks, that would have been easy for me with it being 10 Max Crosby's <laughs> been on my podcast before. Obviously, I'm a root. I'm uh, I root for him. He's a Texas guy. Right. Yeah, let's go ahead and go and say. Let's say over. Let's say I'm over. Going, yeah, I think so too. I think with the addition of of uh, Chandler Jones on the other side, uh, the veteran is going to help him out tremendously. Stan, think about all the pressures he had last year, and if he just turns one or two or even three of those pressures into actual sacks, he gets in double figures, like you said, back to his rookie season. So I'm going to go over uh, for Mad Max. And then, all right, let's talk about Chandler Jones now. They uh, shipped out Yannick Ngakwe, and they brought in the sack specialist from the Arizona Cardinals. He had 10 and a half sacks a year ago for Arizona. Uh, Stan, he has had double-digit sacks in six of the last seven seasons. The only season he didn't have double-digit sacks was 2020. And his injury, his season was cut short due to injury. So I put it at 11 for Chandler Jones. Mm. His career high, I looked up 19 in one year. Oh, yeah. That was with the New England Patriots, I believe. Uh, or, or was it, or was it, or was it was that with, with Arizona? Cardinals? It was with Arizona. It was I think the most Arizona. he had with the Patriots was 12 or 13. Ah, and the over under being 11. Yes. Ah, you know, Let me ask you this, he's 32. Does his age bother you at all? 
And and that right there is really what I'm thinking about, to be honest with you. And so because of that, that's what makes me a little skittish. But you know what? Let's go ahead and say the over. Uh, I think that he definitely still has a lot left in the tank. I'm not exactly sure exactly how durable he is at this stage in his career. But you know what? High scoring affair going to be in some games where you got to go ahead and close it out on defense because it may be a shootout or something like that. Yeah, let's go ahead and go with the over. All right, I'm going to go under, but I'm still going to go double digits for him. I'm going to give him 10, and he's going to continue that streak of seven out of the last eight seasons with double-digit sack numbers. All right, Denzel Perriman, he led the Raiders in tackles last year with a combined 152, which was a career high. He's the first time in his career he's topped 100 tackles in a season. Stan, I'm just going to go right there with that number, 100 over under. That would be about Let's what, go six, with the over. Six tackles Let's go a with game. the over. Yeah, let's go with the over. Last year, the career high, 152. I don't think he's going to hit that, but I do not think that he's going to go ahead and have a precipitous decline as far as being below 100. So what you asking that question over under uh, being 100 tackles this year, I would say the over. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. I don't know but if it'll be 152 again, but uh, I definitely think he goes well over. Because like I said, if he averages just six tackles a game, He's going to break that uh, century mark. All right, Stan, the Raiders defense recorded 35 sacks a year ago, which ranked in the bottom 10 of the league. I'm going to boost that number. I'm going to go 40 sacks over under. Uh, I would go, ha. Huh. Is there a way that I can like go ahead and like say like it's a wash or, yeah. you know, if it's you, a tie if you or something like that? Sure, if you want to do that. <laughs> uh, but um, I, because of the back end not being is soundly put together is is we all anticipated as far as them making certain draft picks, them signing certain key free agents, things like that. That's why I would still go with the under 40 sacks, not because Max Crosby and Chandler Jones aren't great, not because of that, but because also, you know, this there's sometimes where you get sacks as a defensive end or as a pass rusher just because it's great coverage in the back end. And it also works hand in hand with getting interceptions because the ball comes out quick because you're now going to have a new D coordinator because the back end is not as put together as we hope that it would. That's why I don't see the Raiders making a huge, a huge steep jump as far as being one of the top teams in the in the league as far as pass rush, things like that. So I would probably go ahead and maybe 38, 39 sacks, something like that on the year for the team, which is probably going to, which is going to put them obviously under 40 and probably, you know, the bottom third of the league, things like that, just because I would have loved for them to have added maybe one more edge rusher, Maybe somebody who can go ahead and push the pocket, collapse the pocket from the interior, like a D tackle or something like that. But that's why I would definitely go. Um, I'd go with the under. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go under, but I'm like you. I think I go. They go more than 35 uh, and beat their total from a year ago. So somewhere in that neighborhood between 35 and 40. All right, Stan. The Raiders really struggled creating turnovers a year ago. They had just six interceptions in 2021. Um, you talked about the back end of this defense, Trayvon Mullen, Rocky Sin, uh, Trayvon Merrick, Jonathan Abram, Deron Harmon, who we had on our podcast. I'm going to set the over under at 10 interceptions for that secondary this year. Ooh. Oh, man. Um, oh, man, you're putting it right there in that gray area. I do think it's going to be more than six. Uh, not sure if it's going to be more than 10. Uh, you know what? I'm a DB by heart you know what? I can't go ahead and just completely uh, turn my back on my fellas. So <laughs> let's go ahead and go with the over. 
I think it is going to be the over as well. Six was the worst, by the way, in the NFL. I mean, that's just – Yeah. Stan, what's the most you had in a season? Was it a four? Four. Yeah, that's the most I've had in a season. (laughs) You nearly had as many interceptions in one year as the entire Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that – I think just off of – just off of the sheer logistics of it, I can't see them having another year where they have single-digit interceptions. I just can't see that. Tip passes, overthrows, quarterback having to just throw the ball, go ahead and get rid of the ball because the pass rushes uh, collapse in the pocket, things like that. I just can't see them only having single-digit interceptions just because oftentimes – you can fall into interceptions by just the mistakes made by the offense. And then there's times where you just can't buy a turnover. And I think for last season, that's what the Raiders were suffering from. Also, just a lot of misfortune of it just seems like the ball's just not bouncing your way. And I just can't see that happening two consecutive years in a row. All right. Our final over under is going to be the Raiders' win total, which is at eight and a half in Vegas. Now, Stan, just to recap, obviously we have the AFC West. That's six games right there. The NFC West, that's 10 games. AFC South, that gets us to 14 games. And then the Saints, the Steelers, and the Patriots. Over, under, Uh, eight and a half. They won 10 games. 10 games with a lot of off-the-field issues last year. Oh, the AFC West is loaded. The NFC West, you got the Cardinals, you got the Seahawks, who obviously they're going to be rebuilding, or at least that's what we think. You got the 49ers, who will still be good, although Trey Lance, young quarterback, yep. he may go ahead and fumble the ball a few, a few, uh, fumble a few games away for them. And then we got the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. So obviously, those two tough divisions with the AFC and NFC West, the AFC South. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're not ready. The Tennessee Titans, they may take a step back. Or oh, I'm sorry, they are going to take a step back. Losing A.J. Brown and a Julio Jones. Uh, the Houston Texans, that should be a W. And then we got the Indianapolis Colts. That could go either way, just like it did last year. The Saints... The defense is still uh, ready and ready and uh, ready to ascend. The offense, they got some playmakers on the outside. Michael Thomas will be back. I believe it's what Chris Alave over there, the uh, draft pick out of Ohio State. It's just a matter of Jameis Winston. And then the Steelers, you got Mitch Trubisky. And we, who knows how the Steelers oh, are going to be this yeah. year. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe uh, Pickett may be the starter. Who knows? Right. And then Josh McDaniels going against his former team. Uh, Bill Belichick now with Mac Jones, the quarterback position, not no longer Tom Brady. Uh, eight and a half. Uh, I would say I would go with the over. Uh, they're going to nip that eight and a half just at the finish line. I see, I see nine, 10 wins. Like I said, maybe I'm being a homer, but very well. Like I've told you before, and I'll say it again if you were to tell me that the Raiders go 12 and five and win the division. I would not be completely surprised. I wouldn't. They won 10 games last year. But by how they won those games last year, what was it, winning the last four games of the season yes. just to go ahead and qualify for the playoffs? That's also why I would not be surprised if they only won six games and had a 6-11 and 11 record. So uh, I'm going to go and go with the over just because, like I said, that's my former team. I bleed black and silver, but 
I just want to go ahead and make it known because of how stacked this AFC West is. And it's very easy to come out the gate, stub your toe two or three times, and then you get in that negative tailspin all the way throughout the season. Or you can come out the gate three and one, and now everybody's spirits are high. And whenever you're playing with confidence, man, good things happen. So I would go ahead and go with the over as far as eight and a half win total. Yeah, I agree, Stan. I'm going over as well. I mean, the AFC West, okay, let's just say they split worst-case scenario with three and three. The NFC West, I think they get three out of those four. I think the Cardinals are on the decline. Definitely Seattle. I'm not sure about the Niners with Trey Lance at quarterback. So let's just say they three and one there. That would put them at six and four. The AFC South, I think they're better than the Jaguars. I think they're better than the Titans. I think they're better than the Colts and the Texans. I'll just say they'll drop one maybe there that we don't expect. Okay, so that, that gives them the nine wins to me right there, Stan. And then you've got the Saints, the Steelers, the Patriots. I definitely think the Raiders are better than the Steelers with their quarterback situation. The Saints, it's in New Orleans playing there is always tough. And then the Patriots. So I go, I go 10 or 11 wins. I do. I think they either finish 10 and 7 again, a repeat of last year, or they get to 11 and 6. I don't know if 11 and 6, though, wins the AFC West. You know, I mean, I think you could have three uh, playoff teams coming out of this division. And the team that finishes and last, whoever that might be, they still might finish over 500. And they still might miss the playoffs. So we'll have to wait and yeah. see how it all plays out. But you and I are definitely going over on the eight and a half wins. All right, Stan, got to ask you this one. On Thursday, the NBA announced it was retiring the number six league wide in honor of the late Bill Russell. I was thinking about this and I couldn't come up with anything, but I want to know if you can. Can you think of an NFL player who would deserve such an honor to have his jersey number retired league wide? Oh, right. Uh, NFL player who would deserve to have his jersey number retired league wide. Yeah. You know, like Jackie Robinson, 42. And now we got Bill Russell, number six in the Uh, NBA. I I couldn't I couldn't come up with anyone. uh, I mean, I can think of a couple. I can think of a couple that uh, definitely are worthy of it because of the way the NFL is. I just think that uh, a lot of people would push back on the notion that somebody having their jersey retired throughout the entire league. Uh, let me see. And maybe this, once again, it's just me. Sure. Being a, a DB, I think Deion Sanders, I think 21 wow. should be like, I think it should be unwearable. <laughs> like throughout the NFL, just because everything that Deion Sanders has done for the game of football, like Deion Sanders is your favorite corner's favorite corner. I don't care who your favorite corner is. I guarantee you he thinks highly of Deion Sanders. Oh, absolutely. So that's number one. Uh, uh, n- another one, obviously, he's still playing Tom Brady. Like, I don't think 12 should be worn after Tom Brady retires. Like, he's got more Super Bowl titles than any franchise in NFL history. So just off of that alone, that should make his number just simply, it should be an NA <laughs> by the, <laughs> by the Jersey number 12, like not, like not applicable. Um, and I, I, like you said, there's several great players that have come through this league. I'm sorry. It's a lot of great players that have come through this league that are worthy of that. Deion Sanders, you could go with Tom Brady. I think Jerry Rice how we are we are in a much more pass happy oh, version of the NFL and how Jerry Rice's numbers are still head and shoulders above everybody else. I think that just goes to show how far ahead of his time he was. Um, like I said, uh, one of my favorites, Randy Moss. I don't know if people would go ahead and 
openly agree to or accept his jersey number being retired. But I think that anytime you have somebody who's universally thought of as the greatest ever at their position, that to me is the prerequisite as far as being able to even have the conversation of having their jersey number retired throughout the entire league. Uh, to me, that's uh, that would be like the number one uh, requisite the number one requisite attribute, you know, or characteristic, or just even just, you know, all out label as far as how somebody would address them, how somebody would describe them, things like that. So I would go ahead and go with Jerry Rice. I go with Tom Brady and I go with Deion Sanders. All right. Let's talk about the Raiders. Now, Stan, as you know, they don't retire numbers. No, no, they don't. If you were in charge one. I, now, last week when we did our podcast, I said, give me a Mount Rushmore. I gave you two Mount Rushmores. So give me Say that again. Last week when we did the Raiders Mount Rushmore, I said, give me four. And, and you went with eight mm-hmm. guys because you're like, I can't do just one Mount yeah. Rushmore. I gave you. So, all right, I'm going to put you in charge of retiring just one Raider jersey. Who, who would be the first one? You're just retiring the first one. This would be the first one. And we'll, we'll, we'll retire oh, wow. more down the line. We'll retire more down the line. But if you were going to go with just, oh, you got to start somewhere. So who would you start with? Retiring a Raider jersey. Oh, wow. Um, oh, man, that is a tough one, DA. Retiring a Raider jersey. Uh, oh, geez. Um, man, that's a tough one. I'm stumped. Uh, for one, you would retire the headset of John Madden. Okay. That's number one. Okay. As far as a play, as far as a player. Oh my goodness, that's a tough one. I know it and is. And I say that because for every great player that I could say, hey, we should retire his jersey. I can immediately think of another great player at his position that would be like, whoa, 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 hold on. Whoa, whoa why is it my retire? Um, I mean, they got 20 guys in I, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say, I'd say this. Retire jersey number 24. Oh, okay. Willie Brown. Willie Brown and Charles Woods. Okay. Yeah. I would say that Willie All Brown right. and Charles Woodson, two people have worn that jersey and been inducted in the Hall of Fame. So clearly there's something about that jersey, number 24. So uh, I would say that is a tribute to both of them, two guys that I got a chance to get to know, two guys that I looked up to very, very much, uh, two guys that I revered throughout, you know, through the roof. So I would probably go ahead and go with that. Let's go ahead and retire jersey number 24. Actually, I like that. That's a really good answer. I'm going to cut that in half, and I'm going to go number 12 for Kenny Stabler. Uh, Super Bowl winner. I thought about him, too. I thought about him, too, yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl winner, NFL MVP, four-time Pro Bowler, master of the fourth quarter comeback, and all the great games he's been associated with. He got to see it hands, goes to the post, and the Holy Roller. So I'm going with number 12, but your answer, I like that, Stan, because you did almost got a two for one in there. So, hey, uh, before we sign off, are, did you watch uh, Hard Knocks Detroit Lions? No, no, I didn't get a chance so, to, no. Have you, so you didn't see Aiden Hutchinson, uh, the rookie for the Lions? Oh, I saw the dance. Yeah, okay. I, I saw that. <laughs> all, I saw that. What, what would you grade it? And then did you guys also have to do that for the Raiders? And did you sing our dance? What did you do, Stan? Uh, uh, I would give it a, I would probably give it a, let's say a B plus Aiden okay. Hutchinson. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, definitely had everybody in the room 
into it. So that's the main thing. You got to be able to entertain the veterans. So that always is going to get you a pretty high grade because you entertain them and you're willing to do it. Now, as far as me and my, in my situation, uh, me and Fabian were drafted first round and second round, obviously. And Charles Woodson kind of did a good job of protecting us from that to a certain degree. Let me go ahead and just start say by start by saying that. And I and because you know in training camp, you know they shave all the rookies heads where you know you're walking around ball-headed things like that or they just give you like a really bad haircut. Right. So you're walking around being completely embarrassed all of training camp. Now, Charles Woodson did a great job of basically saying, "Hey, they're my rookies. I'll handle them. I'll haze them. You guys don't touch their hair. Leave them alone." Now, we did not have to sing. We did not have to dance. No, we didn't have to do that. But every Friday, whenever we had an away game, that Popeye's chicken had to be piping hot on the plane for the players to eat. That's number one. Number two, if there was ever a time where one of the veterans needed their shoulder pads carried into the locker room after practice, we had to do that. Number three, and this is the biggest one. And now, because we didn't have to do the regular rookie hazing stuff, of providing entertainment in front of the team or getting bad haircuts in training camp, we had to go and take the entire uh, secondary out to dinner. And back then, obviously, I was playing for the Oakland Raiders, and me and Fabian both went first round and second round. So we're high draft picks, higher signing bonus, things like that. Everybody was well aware. And so um, that year, we had to take the, I believe it was the, I believe it was either the, the, the linebackers and secondary or just the secondary. I, I forget which one it was because Kirk Morrison was also kind of involved in this as well. He was a third round draft pick for us uh, back in 2005, number 52. And so we went to Ruth Chris Steakhouse ooh, over there ooh, in, the, in the city. Ooh, yeah, in San, Fran- in San Francisco. <laughs> and so, you know, guys were over there ordering Louis the 13th. They're ordering alcohol they're they're ordering wine it's like only like three bottles of it in the whole country (laughs) (laughs) and uh uh our uh, our bill came out to be about 18 grand and so luckily we were able to split it um (laughs) instead of all instead of one of us having to pay the entire uh bill but yeah it was about 18 grand so about roughly about you know five thousand for you know for uh, each of us but yeah, I I distinctly remember that was our rookie hazing moment. And you know, when you're sitting there buying people dinner and they're just ordering stuff just because, <laughs> you know, hey, it's on you, rook, you got it. And so uh, things like that, and ordering, just leaving, ordering bottles of wine simply that they can go take home and kind of put like in their trophy case or, you know, put in their memorabilia room or just, you know, have for the next 30 years and just let it be some sort of aged, you know, some aged wine or something like that um, or aged champagne, you know, whatever you want to call it. So uh, that was definitely an experience, a little bit annoying seeing somebody order things that, you know, they're not even really going to eat and, you know, they're not going to drink, but, just because they don't got to pay for it, but it was definitely, um, it was a rite of passage, you know, and then looking back on it, that's something that all rookies go through. All rookies should go through. Story time with uncle Stan. Good stuff. All right. That's going to do it for another edition of the believe in Raiders podcast presented by bet online for my partner, Stanford route. 
I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.